Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler and this week's episode comes slap bang in the middle of digital upfronts. One whole month of unmissable in real life events with some of the biggest players in digital advertising. A story for another day. But from the passenger seat of a parked car, I sat down with Laurie Suchiki, SVP for Advertising and Commercial Partnerships EMEA at BBC Studios to reflect on the BBC World News upfront which took place at the world-famous Broadcasting House earlier this week. We talk about the BBC's remit outside of the UK and the role it plays with international audiences, why in its centenary year the BBC remains such an authentic and trustworthy storyteller and how an organisation that is a hundred years old manages to balance its legacy with innovation. And of course, Lauren Laverne, Gabby Logan and Hugh Edwards, all part of the star-studded upfront lineup, get notable mentions. But I started by asking Laurie to explain the relationship between the BBC's commercial offering and the licence fee-funded BBC so many of us in the UK are familiar with. We are the global commercial entity of the BBC. Within BBC Studios, we are the work for the international sales team within BBC Studios. We bring in everything outside of the UK is commercial. So we work with partners and commercial partners across the globe. And all of the revenue that we bring in helps subsidize the license fee that all gets pumped back into journalism, programs, etc. Amazing. A hundred years this year, unbelievably, the BBC. Next Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, next Amazing. Tuesday. I mean, wherever you go in the world and, you know, we've all kind of grown up with this thing, but storytelling is kind of at the heart of the BBC. Tell us about the BBC's legacy in storytelling and I guess to contextualise it, what it means for international news audiences. Yeah, so 100 years, obviously, you know, from the first broadcast in Mm. 1922, we've really held to our mission of to inform, educate and entertain. What does that mean over 100 years? Everything changes, the platforms that you deliver these messages on, Mm. how the audience interact with you, how they absorb your messaging. We've got viewers in 54 countries with 41 non-English language services. So obviously we're a big force around the world. A lot of the meetings that we go to as the commercial arm of the BBC, talking to clients outside the UK is their experience growing up with us in the world service genre, as well as the domestic communications and channels we have. So a hundred years, yeah, we're constantly reinventing ourselves. We've had to reinvent ourselves over the years. Obviously the digital first messaging is the most recent comms in that area. And yeah, just the platforms, the products as part of the upfront, you'll have heard of the click program. So that's obviously looking at all of the re- you know, technology. We've done a lot of the firsts in the BBC. So we were the first to look at film something completely and edit it on from a bunch of mobile phones. We were the first to do 360 camera work in the BBC. So we're, you know, constantly having to innovate. And without the 100 years, we're continued to do so, which obviously leads very nicely into the theme that we had for the upfront, which is reimagine. There's always going to be this tension, I guess, with anything, whether it's an organisation or whatever it might be, you know, between legacy and innovation. I mean, you talked about a couple of things. I remember when I was like the mobile guy in an agency, and I always remember showing this incredible video. People used to say, you can't tell stories on mobile. And there was this amazing, I think it was the charitable arm, BBC Media Action, the international development charity, the BBC. And they filmed this film, this incredible film about refugees escaping on boats. But your phone became the refugee's 
phone. And it was like this kind of WhatsApp message and people were telling you where to go and your battery was running out. And it was just the most compelling sort of three minutes you could ever done. And that was back in, what, 2010 or something. Like, to do something that innovative, you know, this idea that the BBC is this kind of old, very traditional thing isn't quite right, I don't think, is it? Absolutely not. And obviously, I can't talk about the digital innovations we're making, but there's some fantastic things coming down the pike, all of the AI and everything that Spencer Mm. does in Click, but also something we're looking at doing is squeeze box. So really looking at who you are, all the programs that you look at for the BBC, how you interact with it, how you digest it, and actually enabling you to watch different, so filming loads of clips and loads of, you know, kind of over filming so that you have your own personal experience. So if you have five minutes in the car, squeeze box will let you watch it and customize your viewing experience. That's amazing. So that's, yeah. So, I mean, we're pretty sprightly for a We're hip. We're hip for 100. That's the line. Well, that's next year's upfront sorted. That's got to be the line. Exactly, exactly. There is kind of something about the BBC, you know, whenever I'm on holiday, you know, wherever it is in the world, even whether you're going through sort of like the TV guide, it's all very unfamiliar and your surroundings, as brilliant as they might be, are unfamiliar. There's something amazing about putting on world service or just the BBC that just... I don't know, it's kind of like that home from home. It's the tone you recognise, all the visual cues, the audio cues. You might recognise the presenter. It's kind of this familiarity. And that's like, not everyone's got that. And maybe it takes 100 years to do it. But there is kind of something about the BBC abroad that is so important to people, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's obviously something that has to travel and being consistent. Mm. And again, you know, when we launched in 1922, to inform, to educate and entertain, I think nothing's done that as well yeah. as the BBC, right? It's just we keep coming back to that mission. Obviously, you know, being trustworthy is really important to us. We've just done the Trust is Earned campaign. So obviously with all the other kind of messages going out about, you know, trust and everyone owning mm. that, it's really us mm. coming back to our DNA, which is that. And it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful campaign in that era. So, yeah. And I always remember even the fact-checking stuff that you were doing around, you know, whether it's leadership elections or election promises, you know, at its heart, that trust piece is always there. I wonder if I can ask you, just to go back to storytelling, I wonder if I can ask you about, you know, if I think of a seminal moment, watch the world round, you know, many of those eyeballs, I'd imagine, on the BBC, was Queen Elizabeth II's funeral. I mean, we also had Hugh talking on Tuesday as well in the upfront. One kind of in awe of how he managed to sort of go for so long because lots of that stuff before we had the announcement I guess was lots of him sat there I imagine someone talking in his ear him talking to Nicholas Witchell or whoever it might be like just what an incredible feat for him just to stay there and keep all of that professionalism and everything that he's kind of so good at and secondly you know arguably that's required some of the greatest storytelling ever is there anything you can share with us about just that seminal event? Yeah, I mean, obviously it being, you know, an event for all of us around the world and, you know, for us as British citizens, and it was really one of the biggest viewing days for us in a decade. So BBC TV reached 32.5 million viewers. So that is, it's the second largest day since the records began with only the 2012 Olympic ceremony, Mm. seeing higher figures. So just obviously Hugh talking about that. He was chosen for, he was obviously there with Prince Philip and obviously both the funerals and the royal weddings of the 
Prince and Princess of Wales and Harry and Meghan. So really just, you know, the consistency and putting people first. A lot of the coverage obviously was around people and the process that they were going through and the grieving in the mourning process. It was about us also, how we put people first and the, at the heart of our journey with storytelling as well. So I think that was a lot of the content was able to play out that way as well. What is it that brands, agencies that your clients come to you for? What do you think it is that keeps them coming back? I mean, obviously, we talk about trusted, impartial, and independent, right? So we're the most trusted international news broadcaster. So obviously, when you're going and developing content, so they come for us, whether it's their own advertising or advertising that they want us to create branded content for them, you're starting by putting it on a trusted platform, right? So that's number one. You're putting it around content that's trusted, that's triangulated, that's sourced, that's stress-tested, all of that. And then obviously, just the values that we hold ourselves. So what we hold ourselves up to... The Albert Certificate around sustainability, what we're trying to do with our own actions around sustainability and production to decrease our own footprint by 20% in our production. Obviously, look at net zero. So we have a target of being net zero by 2030. And as well as, you know, our clients as well, that's also the impact that we pass on to our clients. So I think that really helps with, you know, the partnerships and our storytelling. You see it in our editorial, Mm. but you also see it, you know, a lot of our editorial is journalists. You know, the journalists don't take front stage. We allow that and they're the optics to the story coming first. And that is also the storytelling optic is what people really come to the BBC for in terms of branded content as well. Global news continues to dominate the agenda I mean, it's a sort of a week feels like a year sometimes. But what role does BBC News play internationally? And tell us a bit about what's been happening to audience sizes as well. Well, every week we reach over 450 million audience wow. members per week. And how that's changed is obviously in the platforms and how we reach them, how we want to continue to reach them, what's changed in their lives. So if we look at the research that we discussed at the upfront, mm. it's about the business decision makers. So how have those business decision makers, we've always had that audience, yeah. but they're, how we describe them is different. So we did a lot of research into what is the new kind of era and the new psychographics of the business decision maker, which is really interesting. We did that research in three stages. So we did an AI-powered concept mapping, which is really a fancy term for desk research. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of like rolls up and gave us key themes. You know, it scans tens and thousands of data sources, academic journals, business conference papers. I mean, that also talks about the innovation we're doing in our research as well. Mm. You know, the approach, it gave us key themes. Then we did interviews against those key themes with 800 online surveys. And then we did, you know, interviews against those key themes to triangulate and just make the new business decision maker. So the audiences are, obviously the numbers are changing on the platforms Mm. and all of that, but it all depends on behavior. But we're also in constantly doing research, you know, both in editorial and commercially on how we continue to reach those audiences most effectively based on their changing habits. You were at Viacom before the BBC. Tell me what you love about the BBC. What's great about going to broadcast apart from perhaps going to broadcasting house every day and be surrounded by all this incredible talent what is it about the bbc that you love i just think everything how we do it is absolutely you know you don't have to be first but you need to be Mm. you know you need to be right and i think that's you know over 50 percent of people that come to us you know will come to us first and that's you know if you look at that versus you know the biggest if you look at queen elizabeth and all of everything that's happened in the past year and a half in the world and it used to happen we are absolutely the first people that report on that, that people come to us. And it's just a really proud moment such as that to see how really necessary and just a part of society we are. 
I remember almost before COVID, kind of Brexit time, this kind of negative news cycle and advertisers getting very switched off by the fact that they didn't want to appear next to negative news. For a business that is all about news, how difficult is that balance in terms of, you know, not every day is going to be sunshine and rainbows. There are difficult things to kind of report in the world. How do you manage that with advertisers that are either nervous about it or just don't want to be around this kind of negative news cycle? Strategic planning, obviously, there's guidelines. So we follow very stringent advertising guidelines of what, you know, news cannot be sponsored. So, but we have a lot of, of lifestyle products that are also juxtaposed within global news. So we have obviously work life and BBC Real. So the digital worlds of all of those other kind of lifestyle products, as well as amazing content outside of just very hard news reporting. Yeah. The Travel Show, fantastic. We're constantly doing loads of development in other areas with launching new content. Again, that's enticing to our viewers. So there's a lot there outside of just news reporting. How many of the briefs that come in are very specific to, I don't know, a a certain region or a certain topic? And how many come in that are like, you know, these big multinational things where, you know, you talked about the 50 or so bureaus that you've got around the world where you can really leverage the whole of the BBC sort of global network? Obviously, we're looking at who we reach is what advertisers come for. Mm. And we also, with the branded content, it's the storytelling aspect. So it's leveraging the BBC audience, but it's also leveraging the BBC approach Mm. of how we capture that audience. Most of what we work on is global campaigns. So it's not smaller domestic, obviously, for the international arm. So it's just, you know, leveraging the breadth of all of the BBC digital and TV campaigns around those. Front on Tuesday was awesome. How did you, well, one, tell us a bit about your favourite bit. But first, tell me, how did you get to the theme? So the theme reimagine was, you know, kind of in lockstep with us turning 100. So how do you continue? We've had to reimagine ourselves over these years. So everyone's been reimagining their own behaviours, how we do everything for the past 18 months to two years since COVID hit. So much has happened. That's, and so it's a very personal theme. And it's also a very theme that is is connected of where we are currently, our centenary for the BBC. So that's really how that theme has risen to the top. And it's just, yeah, it's been a really nice look back at key figures, Gabby Logan, mm. Laura Laverne, Hugh Edford. So all of in their areas and their genres, how they reimagined, you know, A, their genres that they're operating in themselves, you know, in terms of music, how Laura's brought in you know, younger viewers from taking over Desert Island yeah, Discs yeah. to, you know, to Glastonbury and that whole cohort. Gabby, obviously, you know, just the future of, you know, we've had an amazing year for women's sport. <laughs> so what does that mean for her as a presenter? And we yeah. talked about Hugh already. So, yeah, so that just, you know, reimagining that and then also looking at when Spencer looked at Click, all of the kind of first that, you know, and what firsts meant, you know, 10 yeah. years ago, 20 yeah, yeah. years ago, and how we've been a part of all those firsts and how everything that we're looking to the future to be leading in this area. So, yeah, a really fantastic, I think, celebration of acknowledgement of what's gone on in the world to mm. have to reimagine, but an amazing celebration of the BBC and how we've done that over the past hundred years. And look, we always see some incredible talent across all of the upfronts, but for me, I think the BBC always rolls out the red carpet. And I think to have Lauren, to have Hugh, and to have Gabby as well, it's just incredible. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next year. It's amazing. Laurie, thank you so, so much for giving us some time this afternoon. Thank you, James. Laurie Suchiki there from BBC Studios. It's fascinating, isn't it, how an organisation known the world over for its traditions, its 
footprint in history almost is on this digital first trajectory. The quality of their storytelling is unquestionably up there with some of the very, very best in the world. But the way in which those stories are told and the platforms they're told on is as we've just heard, ever-evolving. I hope you're able to get down to the incredible radio theatre at Broadcasting House this week for the BBC's Upfront. If you didn't manage to snag a place, never fear. There's still some incredible Upfronts to come from TikTok, from Meta, YouTube, Snap, as well as our own gaming and podcast Upfronts, both of which are curated by the IAB and will feature a whole bunch of companies that are leading the agenda for 2023 in both of those emerged and emerging areas and some incredible talent on show as well thank you very very much for coming out and supporting upfronts and for supporting us at all of our other in real life events as well and finally for supporting the pod by sharing it with others who you think will enjoy it too and with that thank you very much for listening i hope to see you very soon IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.